DMV Sports Roundtable podcast. Uh, we got Chris Chion, Jamal Bowens, Frank Hanran. We'll see if uh, Georgie can uh, get uh, away from his kids for a second and join us. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a big week, obviously. Plenty to discuss. We uh, Last week, uh, Chion, we were talking about uh, Alex Smith and how he was disgruntled, and and he sort of knew the writing was on the wall that he was going to be let go. And now the the Washington football team's got some they've got some loot to spend uh, this mm-hmm. off season. Uh, Chion, let's get you started with where do the Washington football team go with this money? Who do they bring in? Are they trying to sign a quarterback? Where where do you think they're going to go with this this newfound money under the salary cap? Well, they need to spend, in my opinion, at the tight end position. Jamal has been outlining a number of different options that we see available. And actually, when I say spend, you really don't have to spend a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. David Njoku is somebody I know Jamal has mentioned as an option, maybe to pair along with Logan Thomas, have that very effective two tight end set that, in my opinion, is tough to stop. I mean, we just saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win that way with Gronk and Cameron Brait, and they could certainly use additional help in the secondary. I think just having depth there for your nickel and dime situations, um, again, Mm -hmm. there's going to be some options out there. There's a lot of guys getting released. We just saw Desmond Trufant getting released this Thursday, so uh, th- that's where I would start. You know me and my stance with the quarterback position. I want to see the team draft them, although I'm oh. seeing a lot of mocks. Mel Kuyper, a guy I do respect, has like five quarterbacks going in the first 11 picks. That would leave Washington with like a Kyle Trask, which I'm still good with. Uh, personally, I like Trask. Oh, boy. All right, lots uh, of rap there, huh, Jamal? <laughs> no, it, th- th- that side was for the Mel Kiper thing. I, I told you, you know well, me. Well, so I'm biased. Uh, now, let me just interrupt you real quick. I am biased. I used please. to work at Lexus of Towson. I drove his Lexus, and he was nice, and I believe tipped okay. me. So th- so it's not okay. his analysis. It's personal. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Okay, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but, yeah, I – you know what Kuiper does, you know, he does what he does. I really don't pay much attention to it. Uh, look, fellas, they are sitting in a great spot because no matter what, if you're talking inside linebacker, if you're talking quarterback, wide receiver, running back, they've got options. Uh taking Smith off off the books, you know, that now jumps you from six most, which was around, you know, uh 35, 36 million. Now you're jumping up to 52, 55, you're jumping up to four. You're up there with New England. And everybody is, it's going to be a fire sale. We're just seeing, this is just the beginning of the names like the Cal Rudolphs and guys, Jerry Cooks, those are other people that you can throw in there, veterans, mm-hmm. and then also draft because Sprinkle is a free agent. Uh, there's nobody else at tight end that you mentioned. Uh, it's Logan Thomas, and that's about it. Yep. But you have opportunities to draft, and then you also have opportunities to bring in vets. And these vets, if they're smart, and I've said this time and time again, if I'm your agent, one of your deals, if you're looking to break the bank, this is not the offseason to do it. But if you're a team sitting on a lot of cap space and you're a team that, you know, Rivera, that they think they're close. They're definitely in a much better position than anybody in the division. Mm-hmm. Eagles are a dumpster fire. Uh, the Giants have, they got rid of Golden Tate. 
they're, they're already shedding. They had one mil. Dallas sitting at 18 or 19 mil over the cap. Uh, if you pay Dak what he wants, uh, that goes away. And then there are guys like Jalen Smith that you need to sign. There are also guys along the offensive line. There are a lot of big names that are going to fall, and you don't have to spend too much for them. So this football team can do whatever they want. What about the running back position? What about getting somebody along with Gibson? Like Aaron you know Jones what? would be there. I wouldn't. You know what, Aaron Jones? You don't have to go that. He'll that, command a lot. Uh, more exactly. like more than you need to spend on a running back. Right? I'll give you a name that that it, out of Green Bay. Jamal Williams. Yeah. Jamal Williams can be just as complimentary because he'll get you those tough yards in between the tackles. But Aaron Rodgers also had a lot of faith in him catching out of the backfield. So those times when Aaron Jones was hurt, when Williams came in, they didn't have to change the offense, you know, catastrophically. There are some other names. James Conner would be in trouble. I don't, but see, he doesn't have to be the guy. Right, right. If you see these names that I'm putting out to you, this is all in a committee, in a tandem with McKissick and Gibson. I'll throw another one out to you. You're probably going to say the same thing. Marlon Mack. Yeah, he can be a nice little pass catcher there. Um, You don't have to be a pass catcher. You need someone that can do a little bit of both. Someone that, all these upgrades on Barber. Because we're, we're looking at filling Barber's Bryce position. Bryce Love ever going to play? Is he ever going to be I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Bryce Love experience. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't – I mean, look, Bryce hasn't played in three years. Right. Three years. So That's, that's I the average Bryce. lifespan in the NFL. So, yeah, exactly. his career. But, I mean, be. in one of those years was, you know, coming out of college. So, there's two years. He hasn't stepped foot on the NFL field since they drafted him. And it's a pick, it's a pick that I liked. But me too. At some point, you have to be honest and say, "Okay, this look, I'm a root for you, but uh, this is it's it's not going to work out." Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of different ways they can go. Uh, wide receivers, another one. You Adam Humphreys cut by Tennessee. That uh, somebody that I might be interested in. They could use another possession guy. Let me ask you this, because this is a name, and and I tweeted it, but nobody responded. Everybody Sorry, I'm, I'm on Instagram more these no, days, no, no, man. Not, I'm, not, I've been getting I, working I'm out, you know, general. posting Instagram photos. Yeah, no, I'm talking about a general because I posed the question: Why is no one talking about Rashad Higgins? I like Corey Davis and I like Curtis Samuel. No one is talking about Rashad Higgins, and I think Rashad Higgins, if you're familiar with him coming out of the Cleveland Browns, yeah, he would be a decent piece to put in there as well. Now, not just him. You, would, you, you can also add some other folks. But if you watch Rashad Higgins play, he would definitely be a nice compliment to Terry and Young. Yeah, he had a nice little stretch there last year with Baker where he was like almost yeah. Baker's first look. And uh, I was trying to remember if he was part of that crew of Browns receivers. Remember they literally played with like tight ends only? I think he was yeah. out that game too. Well, you know what? With him, it's – He's been there for a little while. And when OBJ went down, when Landry goes down, he's the one under the radar that keeps the passing game afloat. 
So if you watch him play, he can stretch the field, but he can also be a possession receiver. He makes tough catches just like Corey Davis, and I would love Corey Davis in his fit as well. Yeah, I like Corey Davis. Um, who was the other one you said, Corey Davis, and who was the other free agent? Uh, Curtis Samuel. Oh, yeah, I like Curtis Samuel the best of that group, and he's able to play a little bit of running back too, uh, kind of the Antonio Gibson mold, if you will. Well, he, yeah, he I love Curtis Antonio Samuel. Gibson and McKissick or what Turner wanted because he didn't have Samuel anymore. So when he came here and Samuel was still in Carolina, he was, he was looking for that kind of guy, but Samuel also proved that he can put him on outside and don't forget that Curtis Samuel and uh, McLaurin were teammates. Yeah. Right. Good. Yep. Yep. They they played together with Ohio State. So there's, there's a chemistry there, you know, in terms of working together on the field. So, you know, it's obvious. Let me ask you guys this. And, Frank, I know you're going to turn to something else. No. In terms of offensive tackle, Ty Seki and Trent Williams are available. Thoughts? I just don't know that Trent is ever coming back to us, you know? I, I think that you saw him soften his stance when he was asked, you know, after he got to San Fran. He kind of softened his stance. Now, from his, his perspective, mm. things have changed. And when he looks at the success, albeit winning a garbage division, but they he can sit there and look at this is not the same group. This is not the same front office. This is not the same coaching staff. This is not the same medical staff. And, okay, you go over there with, with Shanahan, uh, grass ain't always greener. So both, time, both, both parties had time to be apart. So sometimes – they say, you know what? Okay, let's come back and we can do this. Let's come back at a different angle and see if we can deal with this. Now, in Seki, on the other hand, they have him listed at right tackle. We all know that he's capable on the left side as well. Sadiq Charles is a question mark. He lasted uh, not even a whole drive. Talented. Love him, but you don't know what to do with him. Just yeah, uh, not, yeah, he's got cool. one. He's got one last chance. Fourth round pick, I think. This is the second year he's got to like show that he can stay on the field and produce. Yeah, but I don't know if it's one last chance. It's a chance where chance with us, with, with Washington. Well, no, no. I, even still, if you get somebody to solidify that left side, then you can see what you have in Charles. He might not be a left tackle. He might be like Scherf. You might want to, because remember, he when they played him, they kicked him inside the guard. Yeah. So you have a little bit of time for him to A, get healthy, and B, figure out, is he a guard? Is he a left tackle? Is he a swing tackle? What can I do with him? But getting somebody solidified on their left side, and, you know, the other guys did well. But, you know, and Okuna's out there also. You have some guys out there, if it's a one-year deal, they're solid, and you know what they do. And I don't know if the Eagles can afford to keep Lane Johnson. Peters is gone. So, you know. I had to laugh at uh, mm. the, the, the speaking of mocks, CBS did one that had the Eagles taking Mac Jones. So, Mac, two Alabama quarterbacks <laughs> wow. back together, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones. Uh, that would be, that'd that, be wild. That would be Jalen Hurts' PTSD. Yeah, that would suck for him. <laughs> that would go back to the two a days when he said, you know what, I'm going to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what the uh, Washington football team does. I'm curious what they'll do at quarterback. We got a lot of big names out there. 
Are they going to stick with just Heineke and uh, Allen? I doubt it. So we'll see what, what shakes out there. Uh, Maryland basketball, we haven't really touched on them lately, but the defense was really good uh, until they faced Northwestern. Um, are they going to – well, I think they are going to make the tournament unless they lose to Penn State and then lose in the first round of the Big Ten. If they get into the tournament, I think they're going to be a very dangerous team just simply because of the fact that they play some good defense – but that loss uh, to Northwestern this week was not good, Christian. It kind of just brings you back down to earth a little bit because just when you think, oh, this Maryland team really is onto something, then they fall back down to earth and lose to Northwestern. As somebody who wagers on a number of college <laughs> basketball games, I will tell you that this is the craziest time of the year. We just saw Michigan go down big to Illinois, and Northwestern was a team that was getting better. They had beaten Minnesota prior, and um, what what really kind of made me shake my head about Maryland against this Northwestern team, though, was you should have had a play designed for Wiggins no matter what at the end. Oh, he was, was the hot that? hand. More yep. sell, I can't figure out if he is like great or not, you know, like sometimes he shows you flashes, he can drive to the hoop, but, but, but he was not the one who shot 26% shooting from three. Um, Maryland had a chance to win that at the end of them. And that's how a lot of these games are in college basketball come March. Well, here's they're going to be last possession games. You got to have plays that are going to score. See, Chion, you're a coach. You're going to be a coach. You are a coach and you're going to continue to coach. And one of my big rules of coaching, even though I don't coach basketball is when you're down one, you don't need a three. You just need two, yeah, and you yeah. shoot a three at the end there. So, but again, I'm still I'm still buying into this Terps team, Jamal. I still have a good feeling about them. For once, and I'm, I'm and I'm with you, Frank. And what made me feel, uh, for once, when they beat that Michigan State win, was a big statement. That was a great they had, win. They yeah. had already put together a string of wins, and we had discussed that uh, stretch coming up. That okay, these are the games. If you can win these games, you're quote unquote supposed to win. And in the Big Ten, is it's the best conference in in the country. So th- from night to night, it's hard to put that many three four wins together. And they were able to string it together and, and win the games. But I haven't seen an identity on this team since Gary Williams. I've been trying to figure out Turgeon for years now. <laughs> what does your offense look like? What is your philosophy? Yeah. And for the first time in many years, in that Michigan State game, there's the identity. Mm-hmm. They are a defensive team. They actually, they out Michigan State, Michigan State. Right. If I may just interrupt real quick, Jamal, what you're, no. you're totally right. What they did against Michigan State, they just would go back on defense. They didn't care about the offensive rebounds. I think it was 13 to 2 was the advantage oh, that Michigan State had in offensive rebounds, and they lost by that score. So, yeah, that, that, it's working. At least it was. Well, you know what? The other side of that is if they, they have to find consistency <clears throat> on the offensive end. Now, I said something about Wiggins some weeks ago. Wiggins has played well, uh, Arroyo has showed up. You know what? If they find, you know what the, the frustrating part about it is, they can hold teams scoreless for three to four minutes. Problem is, they go scoreless right. for three to four minutes. Right. If they are consistent on the offensive end with the way they play defense, they can blow teams out the way they did in Michigan State. Even good because they have signature wins. They've beaten 
teams that are in the top five and top 10 right now. So going into the tournament, if the offense is consistent and they have, if Wiggins says, give me the damn ball, like Keyshawn or mm-hmm. Royal, somebody, they have to have consistency on the end because the defense is there. It's there. And they, they are shutting people out for minutes at a time. And usually if you do that, mm-hmm. uh, you should blow teams up by 15 or 20, but you have to score the ball. Yeah. Easy stuff when you put it like that. But, yeah, it's going to be difficult for Maryland to score the ball. They they, they, they yeah. do need some other people to step up besides Wiggins uh, when they get to the tournament. Uh, we got about three minutes left or so here on the DMV Sports Roundtable podcast. I want to get your quick thoughts on the first half of the Wizards season up and down. For a moment, we thought they had it all together and, and we were going to see the real Wizards team. All-star break is here. Strange they actually are going to have an all-star game. Uh, but in one minute each, your thoughts on the first half of the Wizards season, Christian. All right, so what I like about this Wizards team is, you know, they have role guys who have stepped up outside of the superstars, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. You know, not all the time, but you see the flashes with Bertans like this past Saturday when he knocked down uh, the most three-pointers on the team with five. And then you have Garrison Matthews playing extremely hard and even guys like Alex Len stepping up. So I think that they have some nice bench pieces where you're in this second half of the season. You played that summer league and, you know, the, the, the shortened season from COVID. And, um, you know, you can really kind of with this younger roster – be a team that outlasts others in the East. And the East isn't exactly an outstanding conference to begin with. So um, I think Washington is a capable enough team and should make the uh, postseason. And once they get in there, I mean, who is Miami really that great? I mean, the defending Eastern Conference champs? No. So it's a little bit wide open. So interested to see what happens in the second half. Well, I'm going to start this where I always start this with, uh, with Brooks. That winning streak kind of took the heat off his ass for a little bit. <laughs> and the one point win, one point loss rather against uh Boston. Okay. Uh-huh. But that Memphis game, yeah, that looked exactly like most of the first half of the season. Uh sans the the the, the six out of seven, you know, win streak. They have to win despite him. Now, Chi, you said. You know, some guys play and they play well with Mo, and but they have to have minutes. Troy Brown Jr., I don't know what you're doing with him. Uh, Mo had a game, uh, I think it was Boston. He wouldn't score us for 13 minutes, but that's a starter. Mm-hmm. So w- w- what are we doing here? What is he going to do? What is Scott Brooks going to do to adjust in the second half of the season? And when asked about the Memphis game, what did Bradley Beal say? We got back into old habits. Not just the players. Oh, I know. The coaches get the, <laughs> Brooks got back into old habits. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and then you, you know, Denny has showed flashes. That is a good pick. Please don't, <laughs> don't wait this. Because what, what did he play with seven minutes or something stupid like that? Yeah. What are, what are we doing here? You, you can't make strides. I keep saying this over and over again. He keeps playing with the psyche of these players. When Denny is on the floor, Denny can play. When Moe's on the floor, Mo can play. But you have to have some sort. But it's it's the middle of the season. All-star break. 
your lineup should be set. That COVID thing yeah, was a month and, uh, yeah. and two ago. I know that excuse. I will so say this. No I will say this as we wrap it up. They are so complacent when they get a winning streak going. Like social media goes, hey, we're winning. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you get right. paid to do. It's like being so satisfied with proving people wrong by winning just mesmerizes me. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Anyways, on that note, for Chris Chion, Jamal Bowens, I'm Frank Hanran. Thanks for checking us out. DMV Sports Roundtable Podcast. We'll catch you next week. See ya.